Hello, welcome to Footnotes from a Madman. I am your host, Robert Wallace, here with my co-host, Chris Wallace. Hello, everybody. From CFX. Sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're here live and in person, though, anyway. So, uh, welcome to our our podcast. We're going to discuss some things today. Uh, Today's going to be varied, I think, a little bit, so... Um, I do want to let you guys know, because I was talking some mean shit about Armendo at Lexus Riverside. Um, <laughs> and the guy, I mean, he, he, he didn't really come through per se, but our car is getting made. Our car is getting made. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, if you, if you... Listen back, I started this shit back in January. I started off with like how awesome Armendo is, blah, blah, blah. He's hooked us up with this custom, like we're going to get this whole custom car made, blah, blah, blah. And then about, I don't know, a month, a month and a half ago, I was telling you how what a fucking asshole Armendo was. And this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I know there's the, the chip manufacturer issue and so on and so forth, but... Our car is being made. Uh, it'll probably be delivered uh, this week. We're going to be in New Orleans, which blows. But we'll pick it up on Sunday. <clears throat> so we're pretty excited. We ended up doing all the financing and signing all the paperwork. I'll tell you, the thing that I'm I'm discouraged or angry about is the fact that this was supposed to be all this... Um, like custom thing we had uh the interior that was supposed to be a particular color and there was not supposed to be um sunroof because that was extra fees and this and that and so then we get the you know we get all everything said and done we don't have the color uh interior that we wanted uh he told us that he had told us before um and i think i told you that yeah, like a month ago or so. And then um, it's coming with the sunroof. And so basically, this is there's nothing fucking custom about this car. Not one damn thing. Um, and he told us it was going to be six weeks, and it's actually six months. Uh, but it's done. It's over. We're going to get the car. My saga, my car saga is complete. Um, well... Mostly complete. I'll let you know next time that we actually got the car and somebody's driving it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because the the car was designated for somebody, this chip shortage has really been a problem. But they went ahead and um, they went ahead and uh, I'm not sure how to say it, but basically they just said, "Here, put that, take this car and go ahead and make it," because it's already for a customer. So they put the car to the front of the line and and gave us a chip or whatever so um you know we we got the car manufactured a a little bit faster i guess i don't know six months is a long time to walk to and from to and from school to and from work (laughs) yeah i don't know you know i was thinking the other day how difficult it's got to be for people who walk everywhere or ride the bus. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on somebody mm-hmm. else's schedule. I, I don't know how people get anything like real done. They're constantly 
at at somebody else's mercy. Um, I had a coworker when I was a lifeguard at the YMCA, and she would take the bus to work every day from San Bernardino to Redlands. And she had to be at the bus stop about two hours before her shift started, and she didn't get home until two hours after. See, that's, I mean, I, I get the inexpensiveness of the bus versus a car, <clears throat> but man, your time's got to be worth something. Right. I mean, shit. So, anyways, I just wanted to, that sounded like a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know that we got the car, that we're going to get the car. Next week, I'm going to tell you that we got the car. Damn it. Yeah. So, I'm pretty, <laughs> we're excited. Uh, so, anyways. I was actually just talking to my coworkers today about that. Because he just got, he got his dream truck. It's a 73 Chevy. He got it from Arizona for a really good deal. And, uh. A like, 73? What do you, a Chevy what? Um, or no, I'm sorry, it's a GMC Sierra, 73. Mm. But he wanted that one specifically because it doesn't have any of the modern electronics in the engine. Oh, uh-huh. So he's been searching for a long time for that. And he wanted it in four-wheel drive and with a certain engine and whatnot. So he's been looking and looking, and when he finds them, people take it from him, like, real quick. So he finally was able to find one in Arizona. He's like, oh, yeah, my daughter's going to bring it down. And I was like, oh, when's it going to get here? And he's like... Two weeks. And I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> Let me tell you about my parents' story. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> and then he told me that one of the guys that comes through work uh, as a regular customer, he just bought two of the brand new Ford Broncos. Mm. Apparently, he had to wait a year. Oh, an wow. An entire year to get both of them. Wow. Yeah. I know Dora loves, Dora loves that, the Bronco. Mm-hmm. She's really pushing for it. I forget. There was a dealership that had one. She sat in it and she loved it, but the seat was not super comfortable. Oh, and really? So, you know, she had a bad Shit. neck and her back a little bit. And so they went to uh, the Cadillac dealership uh-huh. in <laughs> um, Palm Springs <laughs> mm-hmm. and she sat in the seat. I forget, it's like a crossover or something. She absolutely loves that car, but she hates the fact that it's low. She uh, likes to sit up in the in the truck and be able to see over things, but so now she's torn. And so, I mean, this shoot. was this was like three months ago or four months ago. Juan was like, "Hey, I'll get you a new car for your birthday," which her birthday is this week. Okay. So, <clears throat> mom and Dora went out looking for a car, and they probably did three or four days over several weeks of just sitting in cars, driving them, whatever. Yeah, that's the way to do and, it. And she can't decide. So she's basically <laughs> just stalled and hasn't made any decision for like uh-huh. two or three months now. <laughs> uh-huh, I know. So that's it's tough. kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Mom loves the Lexus. I've been driving hers. She calls it the white, the, the princess. So I'm, I'm going to call it the White Knight now. The White Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Hers is going to be, it's a beautiful red. It's a really beautiful red. I so, can't wait to see it. It's the exact same car, just newer. Right, yeah. So anyway, so <clears throat> I just wanted to finish up that whole, you know, drama I've been talking about six months now. Um, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about GameStop and uh, what's going on with that. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta ask. I know you had some other stuff, but I gotta ask you this. <laughs> so you were talking about on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, there's back to back something, something going on. Um, I don't like. It, this is one of those other things I'm not fully understanding, but it's in it's in the 
past. Like, I've seen it. There's uh, there's failure to deliver loops, or basically like the time runs out. So, market makers have <laughs> T plus thirty one days to deliver their their shorts, mm. and then the hedge fund side has T plus twenty T plus twenty five. Mm. Which means T is like the day that it happens plus right. 25 or 31. Right. Um, now, since this has all been kind of popping off since January, the way that they're hiding their shorts in these options, when that T plus 25 expires, they have to do something. And in order for them to successfully cover their shorts, they have to focus on this for the day. And that historically leads to a rising price for the day. Mm. Um <clears throat> No, you know they they happen at different intervals because you know one of them is thir- one of them is calendar days and one of them is business days. I don't remember which oh, one's which. Okay. So they just kind of happen sporadically, which is why you'll right. randomly get a day that it runs up, and it doesn't really make sense to people that don't know what the loop is. Mm-hmm. Um, this coming Monday and Tuesday, the T plus twenty five and the T plus thirty one happen to be back to back days. Wow. Okay. So Citadel being a both a market maker and a hedge fund, this is both of their loops are now coming to an end and they have to hide these for two days straight. Now that's not to say that the hedge fund side can't manipulate while the market maker side is doing it on Tuesday or Monday or whatever and right. vice versa, but right. it's the first time that it's ever been back to back. So there's a good chance it'll be back to back days of a rising price. Mm. And they have a, a ceiling, a, a liquidity ceiling, like a margin ceiling where if the price gets too high, then they, they run into margin call issues. But again, the, the issue with that is that it has to be above margin for five straight days before they get margin called. Oh, right. Okay. And the thing is about a margin call that I just kind of realized, or not realized, but was reading up on, is a margin call doesn't exactly mean they're getting entirely liquidated. It's when they fail on the margin call after the five days. That's when they get into forced liquidation. Mm. So there's a chance that they've been margin called multiple times over the last three months, but they're able to raise the margin that they needed Cover through it. all of these crazy moves right. in the market before that five-day time period's over. I got you. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. You know, it's going to be an interesting <clears throat> week for sure. I mean, every week is getting more and more interesting. It's yeah. crazy just watching the entire market. Um, <laughs> fucking on Thursday, the volatility index, the VIX. Um, I saw on my app, I can't really find proof of it. I saw on Weeble, the one that I followed, that it had a spike at 85, hmm. which is crazy because right now it's at 20. Oh, okay. Which means the volatility on the entire market was fourfold on, on Thursday, which is a huge uh, flag as to what's right. going to happen. <clears throat> now, on Friday, was it Friday or Thursday? I don't remember, but cryptocurrency went crazy. Yep. Some other... Some other stuff was kind of crazy too, but I think cryptocurrency and Friday. Yeah, yeah. So it's like multiple days in a row now. Over the last week, it was they were just certain things are flying through through the roof, and then other things are just dropping like a rock in in the ocean. So it see it seemed like the possibility that that companies are are trying to get money that they're going to need to cover the, the margin. The margin for the Risk GME, so they're dumping other stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're dumping other stuff, um, and then they're doing pump and dumps, which I don't know if I went fully into detail on the last podcast, but what they'll do is they'll throw a ton of money into something, make it skyrocket, and then us normal folk will be like, oh, this is the next big thing, and everyone starts dogpiling on, putting in all their money, 
and then they'll just pull the rug out from it and they'll just pull everything they have out, which is usually billions of dollars. And then the market just, that, that price of whatever it is just tanks and everyone else on, is just stuck holding the bag. So then what is the, <clears throat> what do they do? Do they short it? No. All they do is just throw a ton of money into it and make the price go up. Right. So they do that. And then everybody else jumps on. Which raises the price higher than what they could have Which raises the price more. So then they sell all their stuff for a higher price and then the price dumps. Right. Okay. So imagine like, imagine there's a thousand available, right? And they just have the money to dump, to, to buy 700 of them at a time, which makes it go through the roof. The other 300 people are just fighting each other over. Then they get those three and it makes it go all the way up and then they pull their 700 out and then it's seven out of... 10 right. is on the sell side so just tanks mm-hmm. but they got their money out at the peak so they don't give a fuck right and everybody that was those 300 people are now just screwed screwed yeah so they're just siphoning money from normal people right. by just throwing so much at it that people think it's something mm-hmm. and it's not they just make the money off of it I, you know I, I feel like going back to some old school shit like you, you're looking at Sears and Mako, May Company, May Company, um, JC Penny or whatever, you know, Home Depot. I don't think you see this shit. At a certain point, they become so big that it's not really a plausible thing to do to these companies because there's no chance in hell that they're going to, uh, you know, tank it into the dirt and make that 100 percent profit. Right. Because it would just take way too long. For one. Now they're not. I mean, these companies are so big that they're not going to make. They're not going to make big changes on a day-to-day basis. Right. You know, you jump in there, and they're just going to go slow and steady. Yeah. Um, but I feel like after I get rich, that might be who I... I might jump into some big companies that mm-hmm. aren't really, you know, they're... I mean, they, you know, the market still affects them, but I'm not going to do... I know you were talking about crypto, and then... It was. Know, and then you're like, uh, maybe not, but uh-huh. I don't want to get any, into anything current or new or fad-ish. Yeah. Um, I have no interest in, in that. I think, you know, people that, that want to jump on board and the FOMO shit, that's more of the newer kind of stuff, you know. Right. I just want to get into this, like, established. I got to hide my money somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a... There's an, um, I don't know what the term is, like, a, not an anagram, or, what is it when it's just, like, a word, but they use the letters for other words? I think it's an anagram. Is that an anagram? I think so. I can't remember what it is, but it's the big five. It's Apple, um, Microsoft, uh, Disney, um, mm. I already said Amazon. Admar. Yeah, Admar, I forget. <laughs> it's, like, it's like DARPA or something, I, I forget oh, okay. what it is, you know, but it has two A's at the end. <clears throat> So I'll find that and I'll send it to you. But those are like the big five that you can't go wrong with. Yeah. Put your money into it, and over time, it's guaranteed to go up. You know. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know about Apple, Microsoft, Bill Gates getting divorced. You know, um, if you look, a lot of the really rich people are getting divorced in the last three months, and that's because what they can do is if this market truly does collapse like everyone is predicting it to, and this is a huge indicator that they're getting divorced, they immediately lock away half of what they own in their wives. Mm. So it's not an actual, like, we don't like each other, we're getting divorced. It's like, here, take half of this so they can't take it. Ah. So the wife just holds on to that. And then they just do their thing in private. Uh, Well, see, I was reading articles about Bill Gates hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. 
Yeah, that too. Fucking children and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> he's like, that. oh no, we were talking about, we were talking about business deals. I stayed the night at his house though. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know what happens. Why? Like, You're a multi-billionaire. Why stay at somebody's house? Yeah, just buy the house next door and stay there. Just, just get on your <laughs> corporate jet and fly back home. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Anyway, some people are saying you know Epstein did have some legitimate business stuff going on, and there's a chance that some of it was legitimate business. But when you look at the he flights, had a lot of money, so it had to be right. The thing is to look at the logs of the flights going to their private island. Yeah. So, but, uh, Bill Gates was there like once or twice. He, he's got a private like, island, so yeah. he's rich. He's got money. I don't, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't have money. I'm just saying the dude was a, mm-hmm. he was over the other side, yeah. and I'll, and a bunch of other people are too. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so I, I thought that was interesting. Yep. I read something about uh, Bill Gates. It was a meme, and. The whole thing just left my head. Shit, yeah. I can't remember it. Damn it. It was kind of funny. Hey, you want to do that? Anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you were looking up something. See, so yeah, on Thursday, uh, it was either four or five new rules got passed in the stock market regulatory. So this sector. is rules for the DTCC, the SCC, the... Uh, we got the DTC, we got the DTCC, we got the OCC. So wait, what's the DTC? There's Depository only one, trust clearance. There's only one C in that one. <laughs> yeah. The uh, DTC is, is um, one of the many arms of the DTCC. Okay. They have like four or five regulatory agencies under them. Hmm. So they're the... Are they all DT something? No, no, no. <laughs> got SEC. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the DTCC is the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I got it right here. DTC, the Depository Trust Company, the NSCC, National Security Clearing Corporation, and the FICC's Fixed Income Clearing Corporation, all of which are under the DTCC. Hmm. Then you got the OCC, which is Options Clearing Corporation, um, and then the ICC is the Intercontinental Exchange Clear Credit. Jeez. And they handle credit default swaps. They like a lot of C's. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so, you know... And then there's the NSCC. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so, and this guy does a good, a pretty good, like, he does one sentence to kind of explain what exactly the whole filing was about. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones that passed was the DTC 2021-003. Um, they call it the obligation to reconcile activity on a regular basis. It's, and he shortens it down to the you're going to report your risk daily now, you little shits rule. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was filed on uh, March 9th. It went into effect on March 16th. So that wasn't a recent one. Another one that's passed that's essential for all this to happen was the DTC um, 004. They call it the amend the recovery and wind down plan. He breaks it down to the we'll liquidate we'll liquidate your asses if you default, then make your pals chip in before we pay a dime ourselves rule. <laughs> I like this guy already. <laughs> and that one was filed on March 29th and it was effective immediately. Hmm. Then we got the DTC 005, um, which was removed by the DTCC for review, which he calls the we're tagging the shares you lend out so you can't do it more than once rule. <laughs> which is going to prevent short, naked short selling. No shit, because now you can yeah. only borrow what actually exists. Right, they're basically going to put a 
almost like a VIN on every share. Nice. Yep. Wow. That's cool. So that hasn't gone through yet, but it's one of the very last ones that needs to go in before everything is cleared on their end to mm -hmm. let this take off. So now what's that going to do to the stock market now that you're not borrowing and borrowing and borrowing? It's like you can't borrow something that's already been borrowed. Right. It's going to get boring compared to GameStop and right now, you know? Well, I mean, But it's kind of how it needs to be to be. To boring, be but I mean, well, how's it going to, I mean, from what I understand, this happens a lot. These guys are just getting caught. Right. Their asses are out in the wind. Exactly. But this happens for everybody. Correct. So now it feels like the stock market... Even even if we didn't do this GameStop thing and crash the whole entire system, if they were to put this plan in place, the, the stock market would really peel back as far as the amount of money that's going on. Correct. But the thing is, it's not like the money is coming back into the economy. They're just the, the people that own these hedge funds are hoarding it and putting it into offshore accounts in the Cayman Islands. Right. But I'm just saying overall, the whole entire stock market... There's just less shares to put out there. There's right. just less money right. going on and it's for gonna be, everybody. It's going to be right where it should have been now. Exactly. You know? And that's the cool part. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right. <clears throat> um, that one was removed, and it's now expected soon. Um, and once it is brought up back to the daylight, it will basically be effective immediately. Um. The next rule is the DTC006. They call it removing the security holder tracking service. This guy summarizes it as the, we're dropping the old way of tracking shares because it didn't work well. <laughs> and the DTC005 will do a better rule. <laughs> <laughs> that one was filed on March, no, I'm sorry, April 22nd and was effective immediately. <laughs> this guy cracks me up. A lot of the stuff on this on Superstock is fucking hilarious. <laughs> the next one is the DTC 007, and they call it the Update the DTC Corporate Actions Distribution Service Guide. He summarized it as the stop bickering back and forth over the manual adjustments to your peer-to-peer -peer trade records via the dumb APO method and just use the goddamn computer-validated claim connect system, please, rule. <laughs> <laughs> so this is mostly... Oh, shit. Mostly about borrowed shares and updating who pays how much when the circumstances like rates change. That was filed April 30th and it was effective immediately and it becomes mandatory July 9th. See, it's interesting to me that is it normal for them to make things effective immediately? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't think so either. Normally they have 90 day grace period. Yeah, or like, okay, this is the this is the direction we want to go. Let's have everybody look at this shit. Yep. Over the next six months or so, let's get this going. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like, we're done with this. Fuck it. And these Put are it. major game changing rules, and they're all affected immediately. So it's like this wow. is this is the in your face. This is happening kind of shit that most people don't have the time or patience to figure out. You know, so it's kind of cool to see. Mm. Next one is the NSCC 002. Uh, amend the supplemental liquidity deposit requirements, which is pending. And he calls it, will margin call your ass if new daily reports say you're overextended and make us feel scared rule. <laughs> Which works in conjunction with the DTC 003. And now appears to be cleared by the SEC. So wait, that, that he's, he's saying it's going to happen on a daily? Yes, one of the other rules up top said that they are going to, they, it used to be bi-monthly that they had their report right. stuff. Now it's daily. Wow, and there are uh, there's another rule that's not on this list that um, is pending, and when it goes through, basically 
at any given point in time, they can margin call and they have one hour to deliver. Wow. Yeah, so at the end of the day... That's almost too too serious, though. That's almost too much. Well, with how far everyone's gone with this shit... Yeah, I mean, you gotta reel them in. Yeah, big time. And that can always be amended in the future. Right. But there's no reason not to if everything's functioning as it should have been from the start. You know? Right, that's true. Um, expected action on that one is by June 21st. The next one is the NSCC 004, amend the recovery and wind down plan, which has been passed. He summarizes it as the just so we're clear about stock specifically, we're really serious about us not paying for your fuck ups unless we have to rule. <laughs> <laughs> Works in conjunction with DTC 004. <laughs> um, I wonder what all this wind down thing means. You'd just reeling really, it like, back. You'd really have to just read through these things to really yeah, to it's know. All mumbo jumbo shit that's supposed to make it feel like you can't understand it you right. know kind of stuff lawyer ease <clears throat> yeah exactly legalese legalese there you yeah. go that was filed March 5th and was effective March 18th hmm. the next one is the NSCC 005 which is not passed yet increase the NSCC's minimum required fund deposit you summarize it as the we're gonna up your minimum deposit with us from a hysterically low 10k each to an almost certainly still not enough 250k each rule Wait a minute. So I don't understand that. So the DTTC is a collection of hedge funds. Okay. It's a collection of financial institutions that act like almost like a financial gang kind of thing. Right. You know? So if one of them gets into shit, then they'll help each other kind of stuff. And so they all have to put So they all have in. dues. Yeah, and right now it's only $10,000. And so that... Like, seriously, they, they bank that money or... Quote, unquote. They bank that money and then if... They, that if some shit goes down, then they all just grab access to it? Is that the way, how I understood that? No, that 10K is almost like a membership fee. Mm. You know? So it's like when you sign up, you have to have a minimum of 10K put in, which is fucking dog shit to them. Mm-hmm. And he said now it's being up to 250K, which is a significant jump, but still nowhere near enough to be serious. Mm. Um, mm. That one is, it's been approved, but it's, I'm sorry, the approval is pending. Um, once it's approved, it'll take 20 days to go into effect, and it was filed on April 26th. Mm-hmm. Now we're into the options market. We're talking OCC. Uh, this one's OCC 003. They call it the increased persistent minimum skin in the game slash waterfall, which is pending. Hmm. The each summarize it as the you market makers are going to give us more money now in case you fuck up with the options later and owe someone more than you have rule. <laughs> <laughs> it's associated with OCC 801 advance notice. Uh, filed February 24th, effective May 31st, so a couple of days. Who is this guy? Some random dude. I think he goes by <laughs> Cryand. It's just, he's, he's, gaining, he's gaining some popularity because he posts stuff like this. The really hilarious one is Home Depot Hank. Uh, 69 <laughs> oh, yeah. he does trend analysis so he like looks at the charts and he does breakdowns of like these FTD loops and stuff like that that guy's fucking hilarious <laughs> holy shit Home Depot Hank yep Home Depot Hank 69 that's funny okay so now we're moving on to the credit default swaps <clears throat> the ICC 005 amend the ICC recovery and wind down plan he summarized it as the guys DTC had a pretty good idea let's also liquidate members first before touching our own cash rule um fairly straightforward but let's also liquidate members yeah it's like they had a good idea let's follow that (laughs) and uh oh okay so this is not cryant but he actually quotes cryant here and cryant came up 
he says something really cool is that they'll not only wipe out members who default on a certain security, they'll wipe out similar positions in that same security of all the other members if it's a high enough risk or stress to the market. Mm. That's where if GME becomes too high risk, they'll liquidate everybody's positions in GME, not just the person that's over right. margin, which right. is really interesting. Wow. That was filed March 23rd and was approved May 10th effective immediately. The next one is the ICC 007, update the ICC's treasury operations policies and procedures. He calls it the your capital balance sheet is looking a little shaggy there. We think you need a collateral haircut rule. <laughs> Tightens up what can and can't be considered as collateral, trimming off the stuff that is not deemed worthy and reducing overall capital, which means you can handle less total risk. How many, on average, how many different rules does the DTCC or the SEC or whoever make in a year? Uh, I couldn't tell you that, to be honest. But I'm pretty sure it's not this many in three months. Exactly. That's what I was... That was my... Especially what I was market-wide. Like that's what I was market. wondering. Like, this shit is, is serious. And these people are like... Mm -hmm. They're really trying to cover their ass. Wow. They're really trying to make all the other financial institutions pay for their fuck up before it lands on them. Citadel really is going to change yeah. the entire system. Yep. Absolutely. With how bad I, they have fucked this up. I told you, he's going to make Bernie Madoff look like an amateur. Wow. <clears throat> so that one was filed March 29th and was effective May 13th, effective immediately on, on May 13th. Because normally they have a grace period. Once it's approved, there's 90 days where mm -hmm. then it goes into effect. Mm -hmm. now they're just cutting out these 90 days left and right. Yep. Next one will be the ICC 008. That's because this shit's going to explode in 90 days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any day now. <laughs> exactly. They're any like, no, day. no, this is starting now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The DTCC looked in, they, they, they just looked through the fog. They decided to look. And they, what they saw Citadel doing made them shit their pants. Yeah. And everyone's fucking getting on it now. Wow. Even the, remember I told you to Google Gary Gensler a while ago? Long before I kind of explained what was happening. Uh, I don't remember that, no. Yeah, Gary Gensler, he's known as the cop of Wall Street. And back in 2008, he really went after people. Um, I don't really know what exactly he was doing at that point in time, but he really was pissed and he was like giving out the information to prosecutors and stuff that he needed to. He, he earned that nickname. Uh, about a month and a week ago, he was like rushed into the head of the SEC. Um, and they did that on a Saturday. Which is mm. the first time that's ever happened since the Watergate scandal. Wow. No regulatory chairperson has ever been put in on a weekend other than that. Hmm. And ever since then, now he actually is uh, going after I ITBG or IBTG, I forget. It's another company that was famous for naked short selling. Uh -huh. And he's going after them and he's prosecuting them. And it's kind of a test run because he's also said in the last two days that he's focusing very hard and aggressively on Citadel. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So then we got, we got the ICC 008, update the ICC risk management model description. And he summarizes it as that we're going to start using our best guesses on if the collateral for the loans these pseudo insurance contracts are based on might go crazy in the near future because shit is getting weird out there rule. <laughs> <laughs> this is about credit default That's swaps. the funny part. He's just like, look, the, you know, we're guessing or we're estimating or we think. It's like, why don't they know? Right, you know, they turn a blind eye. They don't yeah. look. They're just, they're just fucking people watching porn on on the job. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. 
<clears throat> wow. Um, there's a couple more. Next one would be the ICC 009, update the ICC risk parameter setting and review policy, which is the we, we're basing risk on day-to-day -day averages now instead of month-to-month -month averages rule. That's, that's smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> every day they have to report what they did. Wow. That's how it should have been. That was also effective immediately. Uh, ICC 14, update the ICC's fee schedules. He calls it the huge discounts on swaps, get them all they last rule. <laughs> This cuts fees on CD, uh, credit default swap contracts about 25%, which sounds like they want to incentivize risk sharing even more. Um, that one is effective immediately. Then we got the OCC 004 revisions to OCC's auction participation requirements, which was huge because major players like BlackRock, who is by far the biggest uh, financial institution on the planet, according to Google, they own something like four times the assets that every other financial institution combined owns. Whoa. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they're considered the fourth arm of the government. They're that big. Wow. They have something like $9 trillion in assets. Jeez, I and, never, well, I've kind of heard of BlackRock, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, BlackRock and then Vanguard. Vanguard's the second biggest. Yeah. BlackRock and Vanguard basically <clears throat> are long in almost every single company on the stock market. And they are in the top three investors of almost every single company on the stock market. They hold tens of millions of, of long shares on almost every single stock. And so, it, to me, I feel like these guys are on the phone oh, yeah. with Citadel going, what the fuck are you doing? Big time. You are messing up my life. <laughs> Some of the speculation is that BlackRock is keeping the interest uh, rate so low, it's still like 1.2% 1, 1. to to borrow GameStop. Right. And other stocks like AMC are like 60. Mm. They're saying because BlackRock got burned hard by Citadel back in the Tesla squeeze, Citadel lost something like $10 billion because of Citadel. So BlackRock is like pissed and they think that they're just lending their shares to Citadel knowing they're getting themselves more and more fucked. And as soon as <laughs> Citadel goes under, BlackRock's going to swoop in and buy everything they own on pennies on the dollar. Wow. And this is why this rule is so important because it's revisions to the OCC's auction participation requirements, which before this rule passed, no other financial institutions could participate in buying up uh, defaulted mm. members' assets, and now they can. Uh, so people are like, we think BlackRock's waiting for this rule, and now it's passed, and everyone's like, what are you doing, BlackRock? Are you ready? Fucking start this shit. Wow. <laughs> so he summarizes it as the everyone can come to the feeding frenzy party when we liquidate one of you idiots rule. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's remember we said last week we're wait they're waiting to get to save whoever they're, they're waiting to to create the rules for all these big companies to swoop in and just mm -hmm. rape and pillage Citadel after they're done exactly and this is basically the biggest one that wow. revolves around that idea wow well they deserve it but I mean cool yeah yeah um. So now we're on non-regulation and slash other announcements, which let's see, we got the Exchange Act Rule 15C3-3 compliance letter, which they call the state staff, staff statement on fully paid lending. He summarizes it as the, we're making you keep full collateral on hand for your shit. You've got mm. six months to get it together. <laughs> and some other stuff, not exactly a, hmm. too, too intertwined as the other ones, but. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more other things going through still that 
or on a minor scale compared to these ones. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of shit that's been going down. Let's take a, a three second break. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Aye, aye, aye. So we're about so, two rules away from, from them being completely cleared and then they just need to have an excuse for why it blows up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I, I wonder about. I feel like there's already a bunch of rules mm-hmm. that aren't being followed. <laughs> yeah. I already I feel like there's a bunch of rules that nobody's paying attention to that they're not enforcing. It, I don't That's I mean a good point. I mean right now there's so much going on that they're going to enforce it at least in the, in the short term. That's what I feel like. I feel now, like once we'll, this is all done, who knows if they continue ex- to enforce it. Right? Exactly. And there is so much that they're asking for. I mean, these companies are probably going to be like, you want this shit done daily? There's no fucking way. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't know. Black, BlackRock's got to follow the same rules. Yeah. So now they have to, you know, account for how, whatever, all the stuff. They're billions and billions of dollars. Trillions. And... So, I'm sure they're not excited about this shit, but at the same time, they're probably thrilled to death. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, um, institutions like Vanguard and BlackRock that mainly go long don't really have that much to worry about. So, they can report it all day, no matter what. Yeah, that's true. It mainly affects the people that are are abusing the system. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, it would be annoying, you know, having to do that shit every day. It's man hours, papers, filings, and shit every day, but it is what it is. To them, that's fine, because... BlackRock loses all of these assets every time Citadel shorts went into the dirt. They right. lose 10 million shares on that company because they have millions of shares in almost every fucking thing out there. Right. So every time Citadel kills something, BlackRock loses money. Yeah. So I would imagine up front it's probably a lot of work, but after you after you get it all in there, then on a daily thing, you just click a couple of numbers and change right. them, and then you're done. Right, yeah. But so it's just the, all the initial stuff that's going to blow. Yeah. Once they fine-tune it, it'll be pretty easy. Right. But then once they fine-tune it, that's when all of the parts where you can start manipulating it come to light, you know? So that's the other downside. So once, mm-hmm. you, once you figure out how easy it is to actually do it, you realize how easy it is to, to work around shit. the new rules. Right. <laughs> oh, another crazy thing I, I just learned this week. Um, there's a guy by the name of Wes Christian. He's a, a he's a lawyer, and he's been fighting the, the naked short selling for decades now. Yeah. So and, you you said Wes C. You couldn't remember his last name. Yeah, Wes Christian. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, he did an AMA with Superstonk, and then the guy a guy his name is David Lauer, and he was one of the ones he didn't really know what they were doing with his algorithms, but he wrote a lot of the algorithms for Citadel, mm. like way back when. So Dave Lauer went on with Wes Christian and they were discussing things back and forth. And it was really interesting, at least for the first half. Then Wes Christian kind of started expanding a little bit more on the lawyer side, you know, right. and, and it wasn't so pertinent anymore. But for the very first 45 minutes, it's crazy stuff that he talks about. And he said that they actually have been hiding shorts in long positions. So what they'll do is they'll short a company and then they'll file it as long. <laughs> yeah. So it's completely illegal. Yeah. So not only are they naked short selling, they're hiding it through failure through options in these failure to deliver loops, but they're also filing shorts under long positions. All of this just to get as many shorts possible to drive the price down in the shortest amount of time. How would you find that out? How would you know? How would you 
he explains it a little bit. Um, at that point, I think I was so busy thinking about the like last three minutes of what he said that I kind of like didn't catch all of that. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> curious, like how you know. I imagine you're just sitting in front of your computer and you're looking at it and go, okay, I have to enter in these 10,000, you know, shares of shorts, but I'm just going to put them in his longs. Yeah. And then somebody else on the other side is looking at it going, okay, they got 10,000 longs. You know what yeah, I mean? Basically, nobody's doing any digging. I don't know how you would. That's the key. Right. I don't That's know how thing. you could figure that out. I mean, I'm sure over time in lawsuits and stuff from other smaller companies little tidbits have come out and they've kind of put the pieces together because I think that was one of the things that he had he said he's not able to, to definitively definitively prove in a court case that's what I was going to say I'm sure that'd be yeah. difficult yeah but over all of his past cases the information is added up to that wow so this could even be way bigger than we thought again <laughs> which ultimately doesn't matter to us we just want our money right <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, a lot of the memes online are like the um, in the Dark Knight Rises when Joker just set the pile of cash on fire. Oh, yeah. It's that meme, and, and he's like, "It's not about the money; it's about sending a message." So people are like, "We're holding to the fucking sky just to slap these motherfuckers." Yeah, you know, like, fuck you guys. Yeah, I mean, and it makes you wonder how many other companies are doing the same thing. Um. It just feels like, you know, like you said a couple of a uh, couple episodes ago, it's like gamers are grinders, and they're mm-hmm. just like they put in fucking hours and thousands of hours to to just get Level to up. different levels and <laughs> whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like you know, you you start messing with a stock that they like or a company that they like, and they're like, we're gonna ride this thing till the dirt. I mean, yeah. we have no issues. Yeah. We're okay with this. Like, we were broke before. And if we lose our money, we'll be right back in our own situation. That's fine. And it just happens to be Citadel. You know what I mean? Right. Citadel um, is the biggest institution on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. They control just under half of all, of all trading going on. And there's something like 90% of all retail trading. Hmm. So they've been just... And there was a report by the SEC that said something like 47% of the, of the exchanges on the New York Stock Exchange are somehow linked to naked short selling, which happens to be exactly what Citadel runs. So right. it's like almost everything that Citadel touches, they're just manipulating the shit out of it in illegal ways. That is... A, wow. Yeah, no, the numbers line up exactly. They're like 47% and Citadel does 47%. It's like... <laughs> It makes you wonder, like, did they just create this company just to fucking make money? I know. You it, know what I mean? It blew my mind when I figured out that it was them. Because I remember seeing Citadel ads in, like, 2009, 2010. Really? On TV, yeah, on Discovery Channel. I remember, like, as soon as I read the word Citadel, their fucking logo popped into my head. And then, like, two weeks later, someone actually shared, and I was like, that's it. Wow. Yeah, that fucking freaked me out. Because I was seeing it on TV. It was, like, mid teen Citadel, yeah, okay. I didn't understand any of that shit yet, but I remember seeing their ads. God, I don't remember those ads. Yeah, it's trippy. Huh. Just knowing that what they've been doing since then. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Darth Vader putting ads on my screen. <laughs> oh, my word. It's crazy. So I'm looking forward to this week. 
Me too. I look forward to every week. I'm telling you, I really start hating weekends now. <laughs> God, they feel fucking long. Like five days of the week feel shorter than the two days in the weekend. That's no joke. I will tell you what. <laughs> Citadel's weekends are way too short. Yeah. And I will bet you that every employee there is working every weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember I told you about that Google Charts thing? Yeah, same shit going on right now. And it's funny because on Superstonk, everyone's posting, you know, it's a big popular thing. Have you ever seen Zoolander? Yeah. Okay, so remember when uh, Mufasu or whatever the fuck his name is? Uh, Will Ferrell's character? Oh, uh, They're like sitting at the side of the runway and he's like, oh, yes. yeah, this blah, 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 so hot right now. You yes. know? Yeah, right now it's buildings <laughs> with their lights on. It's so hot right now. And people like just post pictures of like big bank skyscrapers. And at two in the morning, the entire top, top of the building is just glowing like a beacon at night. Yep. And they're just working all night, every night. All of them. Oh, yeah. Across the world. They're making huge plans yeah. to try to fix this shit. Yep. And even First even, thing Monday morning. Yep. Even last night, it said Citadel was... I mean, their, their activity for the week, you know, it's like a bell curve. And all of a sudden, Saturday, huge, way bigger than the top of the bell curve at 2 in the morning on a Saturday night. What is that for? That's their popularity graph, basically. It's like Google takes cell phone proximities, and when their cell phone's close to each other, then it's a highly active area oh so they took they put that into a bell curve based on time of the day and day of the week oh, okay so like monday through wednesday it gets busier and busier and then wednesday through friday it goes down and normally right. it's just nothing on the chart for saturday and sunday for these banks mm-hmm. nope it's just a bell curve saturday sunday two in the morning giant fucking red <laughs> candles of activity going on it's like more people than are there during a wednesday or there two in the morning on a saturday <laughs> like, what is that <laughs> and then you got funny. pictures of buildings with lights on you know, so it's it's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. Yep. <laughs> it's tinfoil hat, but holy shit, like it's fun. It's fun, and it's all it's all coming together. You know, the memes are goddamn hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that I'm looking forward to retiring here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm looking forward to doing whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we're at 46 minutes. So, the last two episodes, I think we've almost went an hour. Yeah, 50-something. So, this will be good. We'll end it here. So, thank you all for joining us. This absolutely is um, financial advice. (laughs) Take it and run. Mm -hmm. Buy GameStop. Become rich. And hold. Don't Don't sell until the price is two commas. Two commas. Diamond hands? Is that Diamond what it is? hands, yep. Diamond hands. Don't paper hand it early. Paper hand means you sold because you're chicken shit. Yep. Diamond <laughs> hand means you're, you're stone. The way we see it is if you sell at 100000 because it's dropped down from 150 and then it hits 90 and then it shoots up to 200 that shit's going to keep you up all night for the rest of your life <laughs> especially if it continues to go up past that yeah a lot of people are saying you know 10 mil 10 mil 10 mil and if you sell a 10 mil and then it goes up to 20 30 50 before it officially starts dropping back down i'd rather sell at 28 and miss out on 50 than have sold at 10 and mm-hmm. know that i missed out on 40 million per share mm-hmm. that shit would keep me up <laughs> 
It wouldn't keep me up. It wouldn't really keep me up, no. But I got 26 shares at 10 mil a piece. I think I'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. darn. I could have got 30 Oops. mil a piece. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I'd... But like I said, it's not... At this point, it's kind of... The group sentiment on Superstonk, at least on Reddit, is to send a message. Oh, yeah. No. I, this isn't okay. I will tell you. I don't, I'm not on a mission. <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, send out a message to the stock market. I'm like, you know, these guys are are more uh I can't think of the word, but anyways, they're they're better than me. They want to create change. Me, I'm like, I'm gone for the money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I figure if they're going to fuck up my retirement, I should get on this side so I can get some money out of Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people are going to lose their retirements. Oh, speaking of which, if anybody is on the, uh, on the brokerage of any sort, make sure that your account is not a margin account. How do you do that? I, um, looked, at, I just, looked at mine and I can't tell. You're probably just going to have to call and ask. Okay. Because if you're on a margin account, they can call your broker, say you're on TD Ameritrade, and the standard is just to be on a margin account. All they have to do, Citadel can just call TD Ameritrade and say, we'd like to borrow shares of GME. And what they'll do is they'll take the shares from every person's margin account and loan them out. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a cash account, it's yours, it's locked into your account. It can't be loaned out. So Citadel doesn't have that ammo to use. So I have to call. Because I did go and look to see if I had like a toggle or something where I could remove that. It's not easy to find, even on Fidelity. Fidelity is automatically a cash account. You have to opt into a margin account. But in order to even find out how to do that, you have to to go through their entire app or whatever. Or just call them. It's easier to call them. I'll have to call them on Monday. Because I don't want to be part of the problem, damn it. Right. If they're taking... I only have 26 shares, but... It adds up. Yeah. It really adds up. Every day, they seem to find at least 150,000 shares to, to borrow. And that's 150,000 sells to the price. You know, or shorts, whatever you... Right. Options, all this shit. Oh, shit. I'll be in New Orleans. <laughs> Damn it. I'm yeah. probably going to have to do it in two weeks. Just give them a call. It takes like 10 minutes. Like, I just want to confirm that my account is not margin. And they'll just be like... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's good. true. I guess I should do I should be diligent. Yeah. Do it while you're at the airport. <laughs> you're sitting around for those 30 minutes. Looking at him, I'm going to call yeah. Charles Schwab. Hey, Chucky, <laughs> can you change yeah. my account? <laughs> can you change my tires? Oh, wait, that's less. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up to you again next week. Enjoy this week and get rich or oh, die yeah. trying. Rich or die trying, that's right. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs>